Hello, hello, hello. Happy New Year and welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Welcome to the first episode of Not D&D in 2023. Uh, So I'm your host, Jessica, uh, and Not D&D is brought to you by EN World Live, which is part of EN World. Uh, But this week, I'm very excited to welcome the first two guests, Sylvia and Max. Thanks so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, we are going to be talking... By the way, are we your first duo on the show? Sadly not. Sadly not the first duo. But hopefully not the last. The first of this year. (laughs) The first of this year. The only only guests of this whole year. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on. So we're going to be talking about your game, uh, Fragments of the Past. Uh, so could you give us a little uh, introduction about, uh, about who you are and how you're involved with Fragments of the Past? Do you want to start? Start you. You, you did almost everything. No, that, that's not true. <laughs> well, that, that's interesting because when you, you are working, when you are a small company and you are working on a, an ambitious project, mm-hmm. like you must do a lot of things. You must fulfill mm-hmm. A lot of different roles. For, for example, in this case, I was the writer, the game designer, and the illustrator. Mm-hmm. So I, the, the, and actually also the graphic artist. I did also the layout for the book. Um, so you are a human bundle. But, yeah, but Sylvia did everything else. <laughs> so all okay. the things related with public relations, project management, uh, um, also part of the communication. So I'm most on the let's say, organizational part of the game. Mm-hmm. She's the smart one. I am, you know, the the guy who do the sketches and the doodles. <laughs> Excellent. Good to know. And that's why I was talking to Sylvia before uh, before we started the show. So we're, yeah. we're organizing everything. So that makes perfect sense. Um, so as we mentioned, we're going to be talking uh, about your game Fragments of the Past, which is absolutely beautiful and stunning but before we get into talking about that um if i could ask you about your background with tabletop rpgs and and when you first started playing so can you remember the first uh role-playing games you played uh so in in my case i started with a very obscure italian rpg which was called uh, uh elish this was the name okay very interesting book i i think there is not an english translation sadly Mm -hmm. Uh, this is strange because I actually discovered uh, Dungeons and Dragons later, much later after discovering mm-hmm. Elish. And since Elish was a very roots-like system, yeah, maybe this is why I also love this kind of genre to have a very yeah. simple rules and go straight to the atmosphere and you know the narrative, the story. And this was my first introduction to to this world. Yeah, uh, in my case, I was. Uh later gamer, so I started mm-hmm. at the university with Vampire mm-hmm. the Masquerade, and he was my master at that time. Ah. So, yeah. <laughs> all his, this is all his fault. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined their life. <laughs> Amazing. No, yeah. no, that's that's really interesting to hear you say the first game you play informs your kind of the games you like, because I'm the same way. I didn't play D&D first. It wasn't my mm. first game. And what I, was your first game? Um, it was a hack of World of Darkness, actually. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah, it wasn't actually um, using that game, but it was a kind of a, a rules light hack on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of what, what I played. So that's kind of the games that, that I lean to as well. So I think it's interesting to have someone else on. Um, most people have D&D as their first one, so it's nice to have people uh, that are not. Um, but so obviously, so you start playing games, you're playing games at university and, and things like that. So when did you decide to start making games and, and creating them? So uh, actually, uh, we st- I started developing games as a um, video game developer for... Um, uh, my company, with, actually with a friend of mine, his name is Antonio, we founded mm-hmm. this indie company called Dev9K, which mm-hmm. is also the publisher, that is also the publisher of, of, our, of our book. But yeah. We developed video games. Okay. Uh, but I, there was all, always in my mind this dream of publishing and creating a tob- tabletop RPG Mm-hmm. I played a lot of games with both with Antonio, my business partner, and with mm-hmm. Sylvia. And actually, we started playing Fragments of the Past much before. Much before then it became a... But it, it was a, like, you know, one of those dream projects, like, oh, I'll mm-hmm. never be able to do it. Let's just play. It was for us. 
for mm. us as, as a group of friends. Yeah. And then there was the... Um, the pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. A, a, a bunch of time to do a lot of different things, actually. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Also, I was starting to work on the um, uh, movie industry right before the pandemic. Okay. Then the pandemic destroyed for a little while the yeah. movie industry. Mm -hmm. And all my, you know, business horizon were completely annihilated by this event. I was yeah. like, wow, now I have a, a lot of free time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to make a, a beautiful tabletop role-playing game, of course. Exactly, exactly. What everybody did, clearly. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, you know, um, the, 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 the advantage was that actually we had a lot of material, both in playtesting uh -huh. uh, with a lot of different friends. I was designing this setting in my mind for quite a while. like. Mm -hmm. These were clearly the advantages for yeah. us. Well, it's definitely paid off. So um, I'm going to get some images on the screen for those watching live. But mm -hmm. obviously, a lot of people listening on the podcast. So could you give an overview of what Fragments of the Past is? For somebody that, that's never heard of it before, how do you introduce it? So imagine like playing in an ancient uh, Greek tragedy. Mm -hmm. All the you know conspiracies, looming darkness of a terrible fate uh, over like looming over you but at the same time life is beautiful mm -hmm. like fate is harsh and terrible but the environment the world around you is beautiful it's full of mm -hmm. light there is there is always like for example i don't know if you are familiar with like reading uh, ancient poems like the iliad for example or, or the odyssey yeah. but there, mm -hmm. there is also this contraposition of Terrible things happening, but the world is still beautiful and life is worth living. That's the kind of experience we are trying to uh, give to the players with, with this game. What, what, what do you think? I think that you perfectly convey the feeling of the game. Mm. We are both lovers of, of, ancient, of the archaic world. Yeah. And actually, we, um, the, the visual of fragments of the past were very much inspired by a uh, a journey we did together uh, oh, yeah? in Sicily. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah. That, um, during that that journey, we had like, how can I say, like a sort of enlightenment. Uh, yes. <laughs> and that influenced kind of the theme and the artwork from the style for the game. Amazing. Right. Yes. That, that, it's something that was always inside of us, if it makes sense, as I told you. But mm. that travel that was right 2018. Eh? Yes. Yeah, happened at the right time, let's say, to uh -huh. give a, a specific like, epiphany and a sort of a moment in which you realize things that were important for you. Okay, fantastic. Mm. So to go into a bit more detail uh, about the setting, so like you say, it's very inspired by kind of Homer or the Iliad and those kind of great epic settings. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit more about kind of your world, because obviously it's inspired by those settings, but this is its own unique kind of setting in itself. Right. So, um, Fragments of the Past is in a world which is not our world. For example, mm -hmm. there are two moons. And all the cult cultures and civilization of, of, of Fragments of the Past are not like the fantasy version of, let's say, the Greek or the Egyptians. Yeah. Uh, they are completely different. Of course, mm -hmm. there is a strong influence of those ancient cultures. Mm -hmm. um, but they are not the as I said, the fantasy version of them. That's why yeah. sometimes I consider, I always love the Silmarillion and the Tolkien universe. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I feel always a bit uncomfortable to say like fragments of the past is Tolkien plus Homer because like they are mm -hmm. gods, but <laughs> in a very Your humble way. Yeah, 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 exactly. In a very humble way, because if you think about it, Tolkien didn't create a fantasy version of medieval age or united kingdom completely different world actually and the cultures are created from nothing let's say but of course there is a big inspiration from realism mm -hmm. and therefore the world of fragments of the past is inspired by the invasion that the greek peninsula um was subject during the archaic ages mm -hmm. um, one of the main theme is the arrival of these iskuzai people in the southern continent of Askedoria, which is the main continent of the setting. 
And this creates a sort of a big, big ripples, a sort of domino effect inside all the, um, but in the entirety of the, of the timeline, let's say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this big invention changes everything for, for, the, for this world. And actually, you don't play necessarily after or before. Like, since it's okay. fragments of the past, there is not a specific, how can I say, you not a specific a present. In a way. There is mm -hmm. not a specific present. Like, okay. the player can decide and the storyteller can decide to pick uh, a moment in this okay. past world. So they can jump in at any official, you know. uh, present day, let's say. Okay, yes, great. I, I will say that the game mm, let the storytellers and players to play in a very uh, freely and open way. Mm -hmm. So you can decide when you start your story, uh, what are your topics. It's very, uh, let's say, tied to the kind of play that they want to have. Sure. I would say that when you have a rules like system, once you decide to, you know, uh, follow certain tenets, certain main tenets, mm -hmm. there is a lot of freedom opening up for every group. Yeah, definitely. Um, so speaking about kind of rules like you mentioned earlier, your the first games you kind of played were, so that's kind of influenced you there. So what um, are the rules of the game? What are the mechanics like? How do we play? So the, there is one main gold rule, which is you roll a d100, and then if you score le lower than the result you get by rolling, it's mm -hmm. a success. If you score higher, it's a failure. Okay. And there are four main main attributes. Mm -hmm. the, each, each one of them has a field of application, let's say. So for mm -hmm. example, Soma is the attribute, attribute related with everything connected with the physical body, mm -hmm. while Sarks is social and charisma, Pneuma mm -hmm. is the intuition and uh, spirituality, while Psyche is the rational mind and you know everything connected with understanding. So whenever you want to make a roll, you roll on the attribute um, more uh, closer, let's say closer to the action you want to make, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's, the, that's the core of the, of the system. Mm -hmm. Connected with this core element, there are the epithets. And mm -hmm. do you want to talk about the epithet? The epithet basically explains your past experiences. So it's the, mm -hmm. uh, it's the match between the narrative side of your character and the mechanical one. Since okay. The, since the habits influence the, the the attributes, so you can have uh, uh, bonuses or um, let's say uh, adding points to the fortuna or voluntas points, which are uh, two extremely important uh, things in the game. Since uh, let's say that you want to put extra effort on a roll, <laughs> you can. Uh, you can uh, add a voluntas point, so you can mm -hmm. have, for example, a bonus of plus 10. And then there are the Fortuna it points. It basically means that your attribute gets a plus 10. A to plus 10. Exactly. Okay, it's right, okay. Exactly, to its value. Yes, voluntas is for literally emphasize the fact that you're putting... Uh, <laughs> yeah, an extra dose of an effort. An extra dose of effort. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you have Fortuna points that basically mm -hmm. are fundamentally used to save your life because mm -hmm. you can spend one of them for each session. Only mm -hmm. one for each session. Only one. <laughs> yeah. So better to be not a second uh, a second occasion. Uh, exactly. Dangerous occasion. And um, you can uh, explain and tell to the storyteller what happened. Mm -hmm. let, let, let's say that you can change, like something terrible is happening. You spend mm -hmm. a fortuna point. And then yeah, you can, uh, how, to, how to say that in English, like take um, narrative authority. That's yes, yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And But there is a caveat. There is a caveat okay. because the more, when you spend a Fortuna point, you mm -hmm. get a hubris point. And hubris okay. is like um, arrogance. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the higher your hubris is, uh, the more... Terrible the storyteller can be towards you. Okay. Like so a higher level. The ante, of, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh -uh. At a higher level of, of hubris, it means that you have made the gods unhappy, very unhappy. Very by your yeah. <laughs> and and the result is that 
you may find yourself in a terrible storm while you know trying to cross uh, a sea or there might be a, a, an earthquake or a, an epidemic in your city mm -hmm. or you can, can find a beast in the forest you can find a pack of wolves like you don't want to have a higher yeah. hubris that's, <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah yeah Exactly. It's more risky. Well, maybe maybe you do if you want an interesting game and you want it to be exciting. Yeah. What happens <laughs> is that you end up, whatever you do... Whatever you do, you'll you end have up, your response. Exactly. That's, that's, the game is built in a way in which mm -hmm. your point will increase no matter what you do, but you have a way of purifying yourself. Like, this is a mm -hmm. way... This is interesting because I, I saw a, la, how much players while playing becomes um, superstitious <laughs> because okay. uh, to in order to purify yourself you must make ritual or sacrifice or pilgrimages to you know the sanctuaries of the gods mm -hmm. or and therefore i saw much players literally are forced let's say to role play their character because they don't want mm -hmm. to have a high hubris so they become very pious very pious very attentive to the Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very careful, careful to don't anger the gods. Exactly. Well, yeah, you, it seems like you have to in this world because the gods are, you know, like you say, kind of like in inspired by Greek, they're real, they're in the world, you can interact with them and they'll yell back at you. So, <laughs> exactly. yeah. You know, that, that's interesting because that's another, I think, interesting theme of the game. Mm -hmm. Like the gods are a presence, a powerful presence, Yeah. but they are never like, how can I say, um, there is always a degree of mystery in their appearance. Like, okay. Let's say that you have a high hubris mm -hmm. and there is an earthquake. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's imagine it from our perspective. If there is an earthquake, we think there is a natural disaster and we yeah. think about tectonic disalignments, right? Mm -hmm. We don't think anymore about the gods. Yeah. So it's a way of framing your world of view. Yeah. Nothing happens in fragments of the past that clearly states, hey, I am a god, I'm sending you an earthquake. Mm -hmm. Right? It's how the character perceives what, mm -hmm. it's, what is happening. It's never clearly yeah. stated that the gods exist. They exist for the people living in this world. Okay. I don't know if it makes sense or... Yeah, no, it does. So it's like, like you say, how now in... in the real world would interpret an earthquake as a oh what an unfortunate disaster um but in in this world and also i think in in kind of greek fantasy and things something bad happened what did we do to anger the gods this is clearly why exactly. it happened so you know yeah. for example i remind um when i was at the university i, I can't remember the name of, I, I read a very interesting uh, book about ancient history written by an english mm -hmm. uh, historian who said something like uh, uh, it was talking about ancient history and it was like, uh, it's not important if the gods and the oracles exist or not. When mm -hmm. you are talking about ancient history, they existed for the people of that yeah. world. And mm -hmm. therefore, for them, they were a real, real thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the oracle, the oracle worked because yeah. the people surrounding that cultural word believed in the oracle. Yeah. It's like a spiritual placebo in a way, maybe. 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 <laughs> or but maybe they're it. real. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. What do we I know? for sure. I don't want bad luck, so like the live stream yeah, goes down or something. <laughs> I was just thinking maybe if I bad talk it too much, like the internet will die. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> Let's that's not, the modern interpretation of it. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, so I, I loved how you were talking about the, I've got a piece of the character sheet kind of on the um, on the screen here. And just to describe it uh, for people, um, for people on the podcast, we'll put a link in so you can, can check things out. Um, but yeah, the way you've laid it out is all this kind of swirling and kind of pattern like that. Is that layout down to kind of the relationship between the different elements that you were talking about? Also, like as as you mm -hmm. said, these uh, lines are connected, like connects the elements in a graphic mm -hmm. way. Yeah. But they are also a sort of a uh, how can I say a, a sort of little secret that I it's not yet announced in the game. Like it will be. Oh. Like yeah, exactly. It's like a little thing that the more like we are we have plans to write other books. 
Okay. And and this kind of design will become like so. This there is an Easter egg I've just be, called ah, out. Now I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've just found an Easter egg. Then okay, good to know. Right. Uh, so yeah, so everyone like maybe check out the image on that and see if you can figure out what that's about. But uh, okay, interesting. That's really For interesting. Example, that the um, the, if the you, design. If you look at the um, at the map of the world, like if you go back to the um, mm -hmm. uh, cover of, of the books. Okay. Right. You see that there is that circular thing. Oh, well, that's the... in the background as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. All right. That's... There's some symbols going on. Okay, that's really interesting. <laughs> so clearly the, the the art and the graphic design is linked mechanically with the games and narratively in a storytelling way. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the art a little bit more. So, uh, so Max, you did uh, a lot of the art, is that correct? Yeah, I painted and everything. Wow. How long yeah. did that take? Because there is, it's a seriously, absolutely beautiful collection. Thank you. Um, uh, how long did that take to, to do all that? Like, there's so much that you've done. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of sleepless nights, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, I can um... confirm. She can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> and what... Sometimes, um... sometimes I am... When like when I'm ab about to go to bed, mm -hmm. I have those kind of wait. I have an idea for another illustration. Sorry, Sid, I must. I, I must, must go. Take a note. I must go. <laughs> I must at least sketch it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of answer the question I was going to ask you next because my next question was like, where do you get? Where was your inspiration for the artwork from this come from? So I assume kind of the same places, but it it sounds like in the middle of the night you just woke up and had visions. So like an oracle. Right. Um, <laughs> people have asked if I can zoom in on them. I don't know if I have a zoom function on this, but what I can do is give you links to the website, which has all the images on there that you can take a look at. So I'll put that link in the chat there and in the show notes um if you listen to the podcast you can take a look on there to have a closer look at the images because we've just got little snapshots on the screen right now or you can maximize your screen i guess i'm not sure um but yeah so the art's really important um in your game here um one thing because because you're an artist i'll ask you about this because in the industry there's a big conversation going on about ai art and uh you know being a small independent publishers some people are like you know i'd love to have art to pay artists but i i can't you know, afford to do that. I'm just a small independent one. And then the other side, you have kind of the art community explaining how this is hurting them. So kind of what are your thoughts on on, on that topic? So it, of course, it's a complex topic because mm -hmm. when you get out of, you know, the black and white army, let's say, everything becomes yeah. more like there are shades of grades. Yeah, it's, it's nuanced. Difficult. Exactly. Uh, I can understand why a small uh, publishing company uh, may find the AI a very very useful for for their products. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, I can I can say that there are some certain serious problem connected with the of course the legality of this kind of practice connected you know with the scraping of data and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a serious thing. We can argue, for example, let's say I'm uh, I'm a small indie company. Is it okay if I rob a bank to finance my project? Like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't mind. Oh, okay, right. let's do it. <laughs> uh, but but I yeah, I yeah, think no, there I is know. another another there are actually there are two problems connected with the AR mm -hmm. AI art. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking and I'm talking as a, someone who has played with AI because of course this is something yeah. important, at least in my circle, because of course I can mm -hmm. I can talk of people I know and I can mm -hmm. talk about colleagues. Sure. With certainty. Mm -hmm. And something which is, I think, important is like artists are most of the time, they are terrible people, but most <laughs> of the time <laughs> we are quite open. Like we love to play with new things. Like if you mm -hmm. drop a software, super strange software, super complex, like we love to play it. We love to mm -hmm. play with watercolor, we, we, with everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. of course, when AI art started, mm -hmm. There was a, there were a lot of artists playing with it, using sure. it. Um, then, of course, we started to realize the ethical problem, as I said. But mm -hmm. personally, I realized, uh, how can I say, a Galadriel problem. Mm -hmm. You remember that scene in the Lord of the Rings when yeah. Galadriel take the 
the ring and says something like, oh, I can become the most powerful queen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Becoming, oh, yeah, exactly. And, but then she's like, okay, I don't want this ring. Why? Because she understands that maybe she can become the most powerful queen of the world, but she's losing something equally precious, which is freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have a lot of power, sometimes, actually often, you lose freedom. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you lose freedom because once you get used to have quick result in a very efficient way, like just mm -hmm. by writing a couple of words and pressing enter, mm -hmm. it becomes addicting, addicting, addictive, addictive, yeah. <laughs> right? And, but you have an illusion of control mm -hmm. because writing a series of words is not so specific, specific it's not so specific as designing an artwork. If you give yeah. a prompt, a brief to three different artists, exactly the same brief, they will produce completely yeah. different outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. Like text and visuals are not so closely related as we may think. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when you have an outcome, like, like if I am an AR artist and I have an outcome, I can persuade myself that that the result was what I had in mind, but probably it's not. I'm mm -hmm. projecting inside my mind what the machine has created for me in a mm -hmm. second. So I'm losing creative freedom on what I get, on my vision. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I guess originality as well, because I mean, I, I'm not an expert, but from my understanding, AI art can put out combinations of what it already knows. So right. it's not going to create a new medium. Or something yeah you know. but also you know that's another important point because i i mm. read a, lo a lot of comments that are like oh but artists copy each other since the beginning of time absolutely yeah. true absolutely true but the copy we do of another artist unless it's plagiarism it's merely superficial we use other artists as a way to say something that it's in our soul like mm -hmm. the first thing an artist does is taking, is scraping from his or her life. Mm -hmm. And then we look to other artists to say, oh, well, look at that arms. That arms is so cool. I love this combination of, of colors, for example. Mm -hmm. But removing, you know, your like your personal experience, your life from mm -hmm. the work, it, it's a it's very sad, I believe. It's like mm -hmm. if, if there was a machine that would make love for you, would you do that? <laughs> I, I think I think those things do exist, you know. But uh, we're well, getting off topic. We're getting off topic. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much for talking about uh, yeah, AI okay. art. There, um, it's uh, I know it's talked a lot of people's opinions on, but I just thought as somebody who works in the industry and and is you know creates art and uh, it's so important to your book, I just thought it'd be interesting to have your perspective. So thank you for sharing uh, that side with us. I'm going to bring us back, um, bring us back now to talk about. Um, kind of fragments of the past because in the first slide uh, there's a there's a range of books here and I understand it's not just the role-playing game so could you maybe Sylvia could you talk us through the kind of collection and and what this all is so the first book we published was the narrative art book which is mm -hmm. the first on the top uh, at the middle mm -hmm. and it was a collection of fragments and uh, and illustration basically it's like mm -hmm. a collection of myths and poems Mm -hmm. And actually, at the beginning, uh, there was just this one. And then we started to think to publish also the RPG since we were playing it for a long time. So why don't yeah. start to work on it? Mm -hmm. and, um, and then we um, created the core manual, which is the one on the, on the left uh with the this gate. And then the other on the opposite side is the collector edition. Mm -hmm. The collector edition has some specific announcements like um, additional pages, habitats, and uh, a dedicated cover, as you can see. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then there is the the last one that is a very, let's say, uh, nice story behind it, since mm -hmm. it's the collection of a lot of sketches and ideas that are behind the illustration of fragments of the past, mm -hmm. and. Most there are even uh, some sketches that uh, I did while um, being on that trip in Sicily ah, that yes, I true. mentioned. Oh, okay. Like it's a collection of 
kind mm-hmm. of thing. Of inspiration. Yeah, of inspirations and the entirety of the creative process. And the nice thing is that some of that sketches we created them with the with our community. Mm-hmm. So while we were oh, wow. doing a live Twitch drawing session, mm-hmm. we chat and discuss together uh, how to represent things, how we imagine some cultural aspects, jewels, dresses, uh, uh, rituals, and. <coughs> Some of these sketches are the fruit of this uh, of this uh, experiment, let's say. Okay, amazing. Um, and talking a little bit about community, then I've just shared um, a link uh, on the screen or in the show notes for the podcast for your kind of Discord because there's a really big community element with this game as well. Could you talk about that a little bit and let us know what's kind of going on? So the um, well, we we have a uh, I, I would say probably probably fragments of the past might must can be considered as a um, niche game for for um, for some for some readers because mm-hmm. it gives you a specific experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that our community has helped me has helped me enormously because the type of encouragement and passion that I have received mm-hmm. it's like beyond my expectation. I, sometimes I I think it would have been. I'm pretty sturdy, but sometimes I believe that it would have been impossible, you know, to have a lot of sleepless night and continue mm-hmm. working and drawing without that kind of yes, let's do it together kind <laughs> of feeling. Yeah, yeah, so I'm super grateful to uh, our community. We also play together a sort of um, role play by Discord. Okay. It's a sort of storytelling experiment where, where mm-hmm. I write a first story. Like we play using the fragments of the past rule, slightly mm-hmm. tweaked for, okay. uh, for the medium. For the medium, exactly, for Discord. Mm-hmm. Because I write a turn giving uh, different options and, and people can vote using emojis, their favorite option. Uh, okay. There is a sort of yeah. de- democratic element. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, the, the option that gets more votes would be the one used to follow, like to continue the, story, the game. Yes. Okay. Exactly. But we roll using the same rules of fragments of the past. Like so there so was a, it's a way to play all together. Exactly. It's a way to play all together. And also it was super fun because I, I had no idea where the story would have gone. Like I had no control because I didn't know what, you know, like 20 or 30 players would have voted. Mm-hmm. And recently we finished, uh, it was like one year, oh. one year, uh, like our almost. almost one year. Yeah, probably our first ex- like storytelling experiment, as I said, like lasted wow. one year. We mm-hmm. finished like two days ago. Yes. And but w- I'm I'm about to start another another round because people love it. Oh, okay, and, and excellent. Okay, so if people want to get in on that, do they just need to join the Discord? Is there anything yep, else they need exactly. to do? No, just join the Discord. And the Amazing. rules of the game are so simple that you can you can download for free the quick start and they are all mm-hmm. present in a two pages uh, uh, cheat, cheat sheet. sheet exactly. Yeah, I was going to say that. I find because I think sometimes some people um, find trying a new system a bit intimidating because you're like, oh my goodness, I have to learn the new rules for this whole game and that can be a barrier. But um, I'm so glad you mentioned, yeah, the cheat sheet you have uh, within the book that's just two pages is really fantastic because it's two pages summarized all the rules. So you could literally have that printed out and just on the side if you're a bit exactly. unfamiliar or unsure, um, which is so helpful. And like you mentioned as well, you have the kind of free quick start on your website there, which is on the screen or linked in the show notes. Um, so if people want to check it out and dip their toes in and have a look, that's a really good way um before going into before they fall in love with the game and invest and buy the game obviously (laughs) (laughs) um speaking of purchasing the game the game is available to buy on your website Mm-hmm. Um, now and you chose um, so it launched in kind of November and you chose not to do any crowdfunding for it is that correct? Yeah why, absolutely Why did you make, uh, I mean a lot of people doing tabletop games choose to go the crowdfunding route um, what made you decide not to do that for this project? Do you want to take this question? Yes take the question. Um, We decided to don't do a crowdfunding uh, since we basically decide to give players a finished product Mm-hmm. So while speaking with our friends a lot of time, especially due to pandemic or mm-hmm. in general, it's a trend of the last year. Sometimes it happens that you pledge something and then you yeah. forget it for one year, two mm-hmm. years. 
Yeah. And then they receive even more sometimes. Even more sometimes. Yes, and then they yeah. receive this package. Like, what is this package? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, whatever they did. And in a way, we have this the, the advantage of having the possibility to finish the game. It, mm -hmm. it took more time. Mm -hmm. You have, let's say, to invest upfront on a lot of different things. Let's say just let's say the the professional editing in english and a lot of different mm -hmm. stuff but in a way we um, we have decided to do that since to let's say to to broke also the, this trend that you pay a thing and then you don't know when you will mm -hmm. receive it and yeah. then also you have let's say more more control of the project because if you do everything in house you have basically uh, the possibility to do more iteration uh, mm -hmm. check or let's say other version uh, mistakes you have you can have more time to edit and for example uh, we decided to go for with print on demand and we mm -hmm. uh, tried several kind of services we do a lot of mm -hmm. uh, print um what tests. is today? Print tests. Yeah. So we had also the possibility to choose, uh, let's say, at the end, we picked uh, Lulu because they changed a lot their policy in the last years. Mm -hmm. And now they do incredible print products. So we were okay. really satisfied because since, uh, as you see, we have a lot of colors, a, a lot of bright images mm -hmm. for us. Um, it was a, a very important step, so we decided, okay, yeah. if we won't be able to have a publishing service that is able to give justice to, to the images, probably mm -hmm. we, have, we will have done it only on digital. Yeah. yeah. If, if the print quality was not of the highest level, I just prefer to have it digitally. Definitely. Instead of, you know, having something which is, eh. Yeah, no, that makes sense, because the artwork is such an important for the theming of the mm. game and also as we've learned mechanically and also there's easter eggs hidden in the artwork apparently <laughs> so yes. you need to be able to see stuff um, yes. that, that makes, that makes exactly. perfect sense so yeah that's really interesting and it's, it's, yeah, it's really, i i can yeah. say that this is uh, there is no uh, one solution fits all because yeah everyone has uh, its own story its own objectives so it's very peculiar to each project mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. That yeah. I, I should say that for us it was a good uh, a good choice. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely. Um, yeah, and it's, it's so interesting to hear somebody that that hasn't done that route. So which is which is why I kind of wanted to 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 ask about it there. Mm -hmm. um, so coming back again to the game. So we've mentioned you do have the free um, kind of quick start. Uh, game that people can have a look on on there um but what advice would you give to somebody who's going to be running this game for the first time so maybe if somebody gets the quick start and it's like okay i'm going to try this with my my group what advice would you give to them so first i would say it's it's a very uh, predictable advice but let me say it again let <laughs> me say uh, um anyway own the game like the setting is actually extremely deep if i if i can say that to my own setting <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, there's sure. a, a deep back, back story and a lot of things going on you, mm -hmm. there are some players like which actually one of the players has is also has transformed himself in the italian editor of the of the of, of the text okay yeah gaetano so let's Let's thank also Gaetano for for his work on on the book, and he's one of those players who loves to delve deep into the lore and recreate it with all little details. Mm -hmm. And this is something I love, but mm -hmm. it's not necessary. Like you can just take it apart and use whatever you like yeah. of, of this system. One thing I think you must preserve if you still want to say I'm playing fragments of the past. Let's mm -hmm. say okay, because you can literally remove everything but there is, there is just <laughs> one thing which is the core system which is the relationship let's say it's it is a certain mindset and the mindset mm -hmm. is life is beautiful and short the game is deadly and it's it's like our life we know how much harsh life it is like don't want to sound too you know too spiritual but mm -hmm. life is a it's, it's, it's terrible to be alive, and yet it's fantastic to be alive. That's 
mm-hmm. something mind-blowing. Yeah. Why there is so much pain and so much joy. And the only way in which you can cope with the, with the incredible pain is to take advantage of the joy and of the pleasures yeah. that life gives you. And the yeah. pleasures sometimes are very small but important, like having a drink with your friends. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens in fragments of the past is that actually enjoying, like sometimes focusing the group attention to these small events, like, you know, toasting mm-hmm. during a banquet with your yeah. group of friends in honor of the gods and, you know, making a prayer, asking for their help, actually gives you a bonus mm-hmm. during during the game. Yeah. For, so keeping intact this uh, feeling of the beauty and the terrible aspects of life, I think it's it's important to stay in touch with the setting. Okay. Well, and, I like that game. advice. Yeah, I like that advice for the gym of, of owning the game and, and making it making it right. And I think that's some good mm. advice. Um, moving on from the GM, but for the the players, um, I kind of haven't touched on like the characters actually in the game. Uh, so if you could uh, talk a little bit about um, if you're coming to play the game, what sort of characters will you be playing? Okay, so we can actually you can actually create a lot of different characters. Like, mm-hmm. uh, for example, let's say to give you an example, in Vampire the Masquerade, you have a a group of usually like standard Vampire the Masquerade. Mm-hmm. You have a group of um, recently embraced vampires, mm-hmm. right, yeah. forming a coterie. Coteria. While uh, in fragments of the past, there is not necessary a starter point, a starter point, a specific uh-huh. starting point. It is there are various examples which re- uh, revolves around builds connection between the players before mm-hmm. starting the game. For mm-hmm. example, one of the classic that I love is all the players are part of the same lineage. In terms mm-hmm. of fragments of the past, we call them fratries. A fratry. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of big clan. Yeah. So that's a, a good starting point to have, you know, background and connection between the player, between the players and the characters right before the starting of the game. Um, but the, so this is to say that there is not a specific role or a specific position in which your characters are. However, mm-hmm. the type of characters you are, you are going to play are similar to the characters of the tragedies. They all mm-hmm. have a passion and a gift. Okay. Alongside with the epithets that I have mentioned before, there is mm-hmm. a passion and a gift, which are, let, let's say, the connection with the highest and darkest, darkest aspect of your, of your character. The mm-hmm. gift is something that comes from the, from the gods. Yeah. Uh, maybe you have been blessed with, uh, you know, um, poetry, poetic inspiration, and that's a mm-hmm. gift. From, from the gods, but you might be addicted to uh, a specific substance, and that's okay. a passion. Mm-hmm. Or you can be a melancholic person. Or you can be, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, you, or okay. you can actually be even an anthropophagus and yes. you know, be a man. Or, or be prey of the nightmares. So. Yeah, exactly. They're even very dark passion, so to speak. Yes, I, I, I should say that one of the most mm, interesting things in the game is that you can... Um, probably when you pick your habitats, you have to think what kind of story I want to tell about my character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's something that can guide you and it can really help you while you role play. And also can help you, even as Max said, you don't have to know all the details. The most important things that you have the vibe and the feeling of the game set in your mind and mm-hmm. the story of your character that can be aligned to this world. So it's uh, this is our style of playing, but let's say that fragments, in a way, invite this kind of approach. It's don't have everything perfectly set because mm-hmm. a lot of beautiful and terrible things can happen at the table. <laughs> exactly. So let's be uh, open and play also with the dif- difficulties. So with the hubris points, with the, let's say you have a combat, so you have less Soma points. It, mm-hmm. There are always beautiful occasions to have, uh, let's say, narrative scenes and occasion mm-hmm. to develop your character. For example, something that I really love is that the fact that even I don't know everything about the, the, the world. 
Like mm -hmm. it's so vast that I cannot, I don't know everything, right? Yeah. In a way, for me, it's exploring. Every time I play or draw or paint or write, it's a new thing. And when I play with, with my friends, like they come up with fantastic ideas about like, for example, they are playing a character and then they say, oh, in my city, there is this ancient ritual in which uh -huh. we, let's say, we, we sacrifice um, a white goat, uh, a dawn for the god of the of the sun, like for example. And this is something I didn't plan. Like the game is open for the even for the players to inject mm -hmm. their own uh, lore. A lot want. of things actually uh, that became canon. <laughs> yes, uh, were created while we were playing. Exactly. Amazing. So. Yeah. Players can kind of jump in and add to this world that already exists, and, and that's something that yeah. I, that I consider fundamental. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, okay, we we talked about the the rules, we talked about the art, we talked about the mechanics, we talked about the characters, uh, the game master. Are there any? Uh, is there any questions I forgot to ask you, or anything more you'd like to to share about the the game? Um, let me think. Do you have a specific uh, point you want to emphasize? Uh, I because I have a cheesy point. To you, have, you have a cheesy point. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the thing that I want to emphasize is that, for example, when you um, we discovered this thing while playing with the others, play testing, and then when mm -hmm. we opened the, the Discord server, this became even more evident. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a something specific when you join the community. That is mm -hmm. not only, um, let's say, um, a bond with the past, with the, these uh, forgotten cultures, but in a way, it's what Max was saying before, like the pleasure to stay with others and share beautiful things like this game, give you the tools to revive some beautiful aspects of your daily life in a way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's also very cheesy. That's right. cheesy. Let's see if you can be more cheesy than that. Uh, I, I think I can be more cheesy. <laughs> Go <laughs> because, on then, let's try and, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I think something that people will get when reading the book, it's um, the love that everyone, uh, like for us as a group, was a um, fantastic experience creating it. And I believe that just by looking at the pages and browsing the book, you, you feel that kind of joy we experienced. Hmm? Not, not, okay. that, not that bad. Not too much, very, not very too much cheese. No, well, you know, like, a, I get it. Who doesn't love cheese? You know, it's yeah. fantastic. We've, we've just had Christmas and it's a big thing over here. That's fine. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. We do have a, a question uh, for somebody watching, though. Um, so they've said from, uh, you know, your many fragments of the past games you played, do you remember one case where, uh, the gifts kind of created a truly unexpected situation or, or outcome. Okay, I now I, I, the first I can remember is one is when uh, one of like um, Epithet helped a character to seduce the villain of the story of the mm -hmm. of the tale and completely transformed it into like an ally mm -hmm. and completely derailed the, the tale from my you know but expectations. That feels like a. That's literally in the Odyssey, isn't it? That happens with right. Cersei. <laughs> yeah, that feels so in keeping with the setting. <laughs> exactly. It should be a human thing. <laughs> Might be. Yeah. But um, do you remember something from your from the game we played together? Uh, for example, uh, I remember that the Yerophant uh, uh -huh. epithet was born uh, thanks to Fittile because she did that huge sacrifice. Well, it happens sometimes that, yeah, that some of the epithets you that, that are in the book mm -hmm. are actually have been created after a player did something that was so yeah. amazing that I was like, oh, now I need an epithet for that. Yeah, <laughs> for that moment. So it works yeah. kind of both ways. So the situation happens and then you need to change it for that. So exactly. yeah, I like it. Well, thank you very much for your question. If people have uh, more questions about the game or want to get in touch with you, where's the best way, uh, place for them to do that? Probably Discord, I would say. It's okay, the Discord, way. yep. Okay, yeah. great. So that's uh, linked in the show notes and in the chat there if you want to go join and have a look there. And also, you're about to start a new online group game of that um, mm -hmm. storytelling yeah, experiment. Absolutely. So now will be an excellent time to join and jump exactly. in there. 
Uh, and you can get the free quick start rules as well, which we've um, shared as well. So you can get a look at the rules and try it out and see see what you think. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on and being excellent first guests of 2023. You are the <laughs> best guests I've had all year. <laughs> you cannot lie. I can feel the wind in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on to share fragments of the past with us. I hope people uh, try it out and take a look at it. Um, so at Not D&D, obviously, we're trying to uh, support and show showcase different indie tabletop RPGs that are not Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, so I ask all my guests if they have any recommendations or games that they would like to share uh, that is not one that you've made, because we've spent a good hour talking about your game. <laughs> and the other rule is that it cannot be Dungeons & Dragons. So do you right. have any, any other games you'd like to share with us? For example, I can um, totally suggest taking a look at Ryutama. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Are you familiar with Ryutama, Jess? I'm not, actually. Tell me about it. Okay, so Ryutama, it's a very... Okay, it, it has a very strong atmosphere, mm -hmm. uh, beautifully drawn and executed. It's a, it's sort of a Ghibli-esque kind of okay. experience. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about a journey. You play as a group of characters that are doing a journey Mm -hmm. um, it's not even important why you're, why you are doing the journey. The world is created by the interaction of the player and the storytellers while okay. they are playing. The yeah. storytellers are as actually a character inside the game, okay. because the group of players is helped in their uh, you know, in their journey by a sort mm -hmm. of a spirit dragon, mm -hmm. who is actually the character of the storyteller, and even the character of the storyteller gets stronger and stronger while mm -hmm. you know the story progresses so th th it can help more the group of players inside mm -hmm. sort of meta game yeah. in, in a way um but i really love the kind of atmosphere and mm -hmm. rules light very simple um and be ready for cuteness and it's super cute <laughs> amazing that's it what was that title again ryutama with uh oh, r Y-U-U-T-A-M-A. Um, -A. I'm so glad you spelled that out for me. I'm going to go check that out afterwards now, so thank you very much for that. Sylvia, do you have any uh, any recommendations or anything and you'd I, like to again, highlight? We appreciate a lot was also Truthbank. Mm -hmm. uh, we played it and we find it extremely interesting also because it's able to um, convey this atmosphere of the nurturing culture which not the uh, let's say, mainstream kind of, uh, yeah. say, Vikings, Orcs, or this kind of stuff, plus it has these beautiful drawings. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is a very a nice way to rediscover and we reapproach this uh, cultural world. Mm. So I think that it is very enjoyable, especially if you want to refresh your eyes with something different about the topic. Mm. Well, thank you. Those sound like two great recommendations we can check out. And maybe there'll be people I reach out to to come on the show, which is the main reason why I ask people for recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sylvia, Max, thank you so much. Honestly, this is such a lovely interview. It's been such a lovely start uh, to the year and the show. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. And for everybody watching and listening, thank you so much for coming on and watching and listening. Uh, we'll be back next Monday, Monday with a new indie tabletop RPG for you to listen to. Um, so I hope to have you back on soon. Uh, so once again, I'll say thank you very much to our guests. It was our pleasure. Thank you for asking us. All right. Well, no problem. Well, hopefully... Uh, you know, hopefully we'll have you back again in the future when you have more books because it sounds like this is a, a world that's going to grow and expand. So uh, keep in touch. All right. Thanks very much. Bye. 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 Bye.